Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast whose rods and cones are all mixed up from staring at the color yellow. I'm your host, and man who for some reason has a real hankering for Saruman, David Lloyd. And in this episode, it's part one of our coverage of one of the greatest RPGs of all time, Persona 4 Golden. For the next hour or so, we'll be having a spoiler-free conversation about the Atlas Masterpiece, and for those subscribed through Patreon or Apple Podcasts, you'll be able to enjoy part two, which is a full spoiler cast over on our second uh, second show, Op End Time. With me tonight to have a conversation that will be anything but tedious, it's Jordan Rudick. I can't I can't promise that it won't be unbearable, though. Mm. <laughs> you'll, you guys will just have to grin and bear it, unfortunately. And then for part two, we'll we'll bear it all, <laughs> and maybe the puns will stop by the time we get to advent time. But I don't know. I doubt it. I I love how yeah. anytime Teddy does like his bear puns, he like ho- he he doesn't just throw them in like casually. Like he actually holds on the word. He's like unbearable. You know, like he really emphasizes it. And you can see he, it in the dialogue too. It's great. He smacks you in the face with it. Very much so. Yeah, it's it's very very obvious. <laughs> Well, even for our next guest, I, I I was thinking about doing the pun again, and I was like, uh, I don't know, it might be too much. So I went with, uh, you can't see it, but to get into the mood, this guest is recording from the inside of a teddy suit. It's Casey Gibson. Every day is great at your Juness. Yes, it is. It is so <laughs> and, good at Juness. <laughs> and, and I'm going to just take this uh, moment here. I haven't played this game in a hot minute, and I just woke up from uh, a... I'd call it a nap, but it is pretty late, so it, I don't know. It was uh, early slumber, but I woke up, so anything I say that's wrong, I apologize. Well, you nailed that uh, that slogan. Yes, yeah. I didn't practice it a few times beforehand, no, sir. If you if, if you want to <laughs> sing any more of the Persona soundtrack, I'd be here do, for it, do, because do, 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 do. Cause it is a fantastic one. Yeah. Oh, there's so many slappers. Yes, yes. It was funny, I watched the the starting animation again. It's probably, I don't know, I guess the lot, when, when I finished this was must have been about a month ago now. And uh, watching it again, and I'm like, I missed this. Yeah. I, like, I need to watch this regularly just in my life for now on. Mm-hmm. It's that good. It's got so much style, yeah. you know, like, th- between the music and the visuals, like, it all, like, I mean, Persona is always super stylist, but, um, man... Persona 4 is just so good. Like you said, that mm-hmm. yellow cover popping. But then I watched the original starting, and I'm like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> like, this this was this was quite the upgrade. I, I don't I can't imagine anyone wanting to go back to the like. I suppose if you have some nostalgia towards it, but I mean, this the, the new one blows it out of the water. I think. I like how they all kind of lean into a different color. Like with Persona 3, it was blue, and then Persona Golden for Golden Yellow, and then Persona 5, you know, black and red. And um, it, it's neat. It's, you know, I guess what, what what color logically follows green, next? Like baby. Green, green, maybe. Yeah, green or orange or something. Yeah, I think I think Persona 6 is going to be green. That's yeah. my guess. Yeah, green is the best color. Go chance. I think, I think I think purple would have a good shot too. Actually, I think uh, yeah, purple is a good video game color. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I could see, yeah, I could see them really stylizing that, like, insane. But I hope it's It green. has to be, gotta be, it has to be green, purple, or orange. I don't, yeah, it's I can't be see them doing anything One else. One combination of uh, the, the three aforementioned primary colors, it has to be, so. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to it, mm-hmm. but uh, also looking forward to what snack Jordan is going to regale upon us today. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going so off script it's it's not even funny this might be i might get kicked off the podcast for this but um i actually wanted to talk about not a food but i wanted to talk about um kind of a i'm gonna say lifestyle choice 
Um, I, I downloaded Uh-oh. this. I da- yeah, I know. I downloaded this app <laughs> called Hero Trainer. No, it's actually RPG Topical, so you'll like this. I downloaded this RPG. Uh, this RPG. I downloaded this mobile app called Hero Trainer. Um, and the impetus behind that was that I wanted to. Um, I was just feeling like I didn't really have a lot of energy uh, these days, or I didn't have a lot of stamina or anything. Like, kind of huffing and puffing, going upstairs and bringing groceries in the house, and um, you know, not not being able to go to the gym or anything like that. Uh, yeah, I haven't really had a chance to do much exercise, or you know, I haven't felt uh, maybe a willingness to do so. So I, I guess I found this app somewhere called Hero Trainer, um, and basically all it is it's it's like a step counter. But you get points for the number of steps that you walk. So um, every every thousand steps you walk in a day, you'll get a point for that. Um, and you can cash in the points for gift cards, like you know, eShop gift cards, PlayStation, um, Xbox, Google, um, mm. uh, Apple uh, App Store, a couple of other ones. And yeah, so it's not it's not like a good ratio. It's, you, I mean, you have you have kind of have to walk a bunch for like a couple months to get like a ten dollar gift card or a twenty dollar gift card or something. But at the very least, it, it's been a uh, gave me that motivating push to get out and walk more and like to pay to pay more attention to my steps and you know just make it a more of a part of my routine. So so I've been taking the dog out more. Try to take the dog out in the afternoon and then the evening time after the kids go to bed. I always go for a walk and I've been doing it for about a month or so. You know, feeling a lot better and you know, it's just been nice to get outside in nature and get some fresh air and stuff. So um, yeah, the Hero Trainer app. You know, it's, it's it's pretty interesting. Like if you feel like you want a little bump in in motivation motivation to get outside and walking you, there's there's guilds there's uh, kind of quests you do uh for more experience points and then you can upgrade your character and change their look and i think they're i think the app's fairly new they're continuing to build on it but um if you get into a guild you can get bonus bonus points that way and then get closer to uh, getting a gift card sooner so S- sounds um, like an I- mmo bro yeah, this is the closest I'm going to get to playing <laughs> FF14, and so uh, you guys uh, enjoy it while it lasts. But um, yeah, I'm I'm at about 500 points so far, um, and you need 700 to get a $10 gift card. So I'm almost at my eShop gift card or PlayStation gift card, whichever I choose to to redeem for. But um, yeah, it's just kind of a funny thing. Like um, I guess for me, like that little bit of gamification made made walking. Uh, or just help me get outside more to do the walking that I needed and wanted to do anyway. So sometimes it's just a little factor like that that can that can push you over the edge. So um, yeah, hero do trainer, you, give it a, give it a look and see what you think. Have you tried? You know, when you go to bed, charging your phone on the dryer of some sort, maybe get some extra steps in that way. <laughs> <laughs> so you know they they thought they they knew that you were going to come up with something like that case so what they did was they there's a limit so um initially your limit is only like six thousand steps per day so you can only get a maximum of six points but as you do quests and as you walk more your level goes up and as your level goes up your maximum steps that you can actually accrue in the app goes up so you're you're motivated to do some of the quests and to kind of keep checking in the app every day not only just to get the points uh, that you can redeem but also to level up your character so your maximum number of points earnable uh, also goes up. So, yeah, they, again, they, they've thought of a couple things to get people engaged with it, and uh, I, I'm, I'm liking it a fair bit. Um, if people are interested, they can hit me up on Twitter. I'd be happy to give them... I'll give you my um, referral code here. I think we, we get everyone gets points from this. If I just got to find it here. Do, do you get to pick a class or a job in this in this game? Yeah, here? yeah. So you pick a character, and they've got like a character portrait, and then so there's like a like a rogue. I think my guy's like a paladin or something like that. Um, 
Relax. Is this Final Fantasy fourteen, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Are you messing with us right now? I I I, I wish maybe they maybe uh, maybe uh, there's there could be a lawsuit in the in the works for Square Enix because yeah. it sounds like there's a lot of. He's playing the companion well, app, dude. He didn't this even might realize. be the equivalent. This, this is like the equivalent of the game before before Realm Reborn came out. You know, this is like the the you know point. What did they even point. call Final Fantasy fourteen before it came? What one point oh? Yeah, one point oh or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, my my referral cord. If anyone wants to join in, W zero D Q. You can check it out, and then I think we'll both get um, uh, five. Uh, they're called Aura. The point the points that you earn towards uh, gift cards are called Aura. So if anyone wants to join hit me up how's this app making money to give you money Mm -hmm. like are they hitting you with ads every time you log in or what so when when you do log no no they don't when you do log in um one way you can get points (laughs) yeah Uh, I, re- I really wish they had like Final Fantasy 14 gift cards. Cause Jordan didn't tell us it. he's paying $10 a month so he can get a $10 gift card in six months from now. Hey, if, it's, if it's helping me walk, more, it might it's be It's like the it, battle pass, dude. The, um, so it, it is it is app-driven, but only if for when you check into the app. It's, you don't even have to do this. You just, you turn on the app. Which you, the, the app is running all the time. You can just check your steps every day pretty much. Um, there's a, chep- a check-in function to get extra points. So you can get an extra five points a day by watching five advertisements but you don't have mm. to do that if you don't want to so um if you want to get a few extra points to kind of chip away at your your total to get a gift card you can do that but um the check-in function is totally optional um i i did it in initially but now i've stopped watching it because i you know I don't, I don't really care about just a, getting an extra five points from watching the commercials so yeah you could you could do that but you don't have to and otherwise i don't see that there must they must be partnering up with people like for for some of the gift cards but um yeah i don't know how else they're they're monetized but they, they do like twitch streams and other things they've, they've got like merchandise that you can buy as well but yeah if you're just looking for like the points and, a, and the, the leveling up and the step counter and stuff like that that's all that's all free so i guess you can only watch that raids legends uh, ad so many times before your eyes explode <laughs> oh man the the most common <laughs> the most common i think was like a bitcoin or like um uh, a digital current uh, not digital currency what do you call them um buy that doji coin yeah, they, they, no, seriously, they had they had a, one of the advertisements, and I would see it like twice out of the five advertisements every day. It would be like this um, uh, digital uh, currency app kind of thing. So by the following NFT. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, NFT seemed to be on the way <laughs> on the way out. But yeah, it was, it was some kind of crypto advertisement of some kind. But yeah, but you don't have to do that if you don't want to. So yeah, it's, check it out, Hero Trainer. It's kind of neat if you if you need to get a little bit of extra push to get walking or doing more exercise or something. I know I heard you kind of side there, Casey, with the NFT, but I'm sure that you've got an NFT up for sale right now of you drinking champagne after the Islanders' big win. Woo-wee! I was... You know what the best was? That was just a good old-fashioned, like, handling, you know? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like it was... I mean, we we played better in the first, and it was tied after the first, but then, then we just took over. And I feel like normally I don't get to enjoy those kinds of games very often, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, feels good, and and not to kick a man while he's down, but I believe the Islanders have won five series since uh, the snake departed uh, for for <laughs> northern pastures. <laughs> I don't know, my team. I'm in a new timeline where my team doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, David didn't bring up the Islanders, so you could bring up the Leafs. Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I got to dunk on Tavares every time I can. <laughs> Again, again, uh, I'm they, used to superstars or our good players leaving, and then they go win championships while we sit in the dirt. You know, so it, it's 
I'm just I'm not used to this newfound uh, bit of success. Casey, okay, so if your team would stop signing players to like ten and fifteen year contracts, you might have a chance of. <laughs> well, now you finally have a chance of winning because those guys are gone. But. I still love you, Rick DiPietro. Does Alexi Yashin get a Stanley Cup ring if you guys go all the way this year? That's I what hope I was so. thinking about. Are they still? Are they, are they both still on the payroll? They must be, right? Like <laughs> I don't know, uh, Rick. I mean, DiPietro must be. DiPietro must be. I love. He's my. I love Rick DiPietro, dude. <laughs> I don't think Yashin is. Anywhere. I'll never yeah. forget when I got we got a hockey game and like Rick DiPietro was in the goal and I was like, who the hell is this guy? You know. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to be like my favorite player. Yeah, that it was, was a good deal. It turned out to be a good deal yeah. over the over the lifespan. But if he didn't get hurt, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if anyone is upset that Mike Milbury is still broadcasting, then they can blame Rick DiPietro. He'll never he'll get he'll never get a job again after that signing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, uh, not to to harp on too much n- non persona talk, but I'll never forget when he was commentating. And they they were, I forgot I, I think they were talking about Garth Snow. I, I mean, um, what should we call it? Doug Wade or something. I I forget who. They're just like yeah, he skipped being the co- coach and went right up to management. And then uh, he's like, I wish I could have done that. And then. <laughs> And then the guy next to him goes, yeah, I bet the Islanders wish that too, you know? Like, <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> like, a good shot. Yeah, because he shot. just ruined us. I like it. Oh, man. That was funny. Well, I'll uh, finish this. Uh, finish the intro up with the drink of the week, and it's it's nothing special. It's nothing pretty. I don't even. You might not even think it tastes all that good, but it's the start of the summer, and you can't kick off a summer without a Corona with a little wedge of lime oh, I like jammed that. into I the like bottle. Oh, I like that. Yeah, Ooh, nice. Good I job. thought you were going to say you, you had a, a white claw. <laughs> no. <Is laughs> not not quite that is, summer. Is finally safe to drink Corona uh, beer now? Is it? Poor, yeah, it's summer. Now, now it's that you got your vaccine, summer. David, you're feeling safe about that? <laughs> yeah, I got the first one, getting yeah. the second one soon. and Poor Corona. They they didn't deserve that. Yeah, it's over, it's over 30, and we had a day this week where the humidity pushed it over 40, so Jeez. I'm drinking Corona one way or another. Yeah, What's that in Fahrenheit? Well 40 is 100, I think. It, yeah, it was like 100 degrees by you? With the humidity, yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. It, it was like 87, I think, today. I would sweat my cajones off. <laughs> yeah. No, we got a we got a respite from it today. It got, went back down, got nice and cool with a little breeze, but there was two days this week. It was pretty unbearable. good time to uh, bring out the big yellow sun and talk about some persona 4 and as as the guy who's probably played it the 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 longest or the furthest away wanted did you want to kick us off with some uh, impressions of when what you thought of it back in the day when you got to play it yeah sure um so this was at i remember first really hearing about persona uh, i was actually on radio free nintendo they were talking about persona 3 and like at at this point right like i didn't have uh any any Sony consoles or anything, so I, I wasn't going to be really playing it. But I remember being sort of fascinated, like, oh, that sounds like an interesting concept, you know? And then fast forward, probably a couple years or whatever it was, and, like, yeah, I, I'd heard the hype for Persona 4 Golden, and I was like, you know what, I'm ready to throw down on a Vita. Let's do it. 
And I remember I went and I, I ordered up Evita, got Persona 4, um, and I remember I fired it up. And, like, right away, just be like, man, this game is very different than, like, than what I've played before. I, I don't think I had really played, like, a the school the school student kind of game, right? That like that now we're we're seeing more popularized, obviously because of Persona really brought into the four four light uh, there. But um yeah, I remember really getting into it and and just really loving the characters and the interactions and I, I guess I really again like I'd played, you know, some Fire Emblem where they had like support systems and and where you could, you know, sort of learn about different characters, but I felt like this was like with the social links was really uh pretty unique to me at the time and and I liked how you sort of had the option to sort of pick and choose who you wanted to sort of build these relationships with. So I thought that was sort of a cool dynamic, right? Because going through this game, you're not going to be able to to max out every social link. I mean, there might be a way if you, you know, I have a guide, but I I don't even think with all of the characters, I don't think it's possible. Maybe. But but regardless, you'd have to have a guide. So like your first playthrough if you're going through blind, right? It's it's very much picking and choosing who you want to develop um these relationships with and learn more character uh, more about the characters. So I thought that was really cool and um you know, the combat as well, you know, it, it you know, good old-fashioned RPG, JRPG, and um, just going and, and doing the dungeon crawling. And I will say, like, compared to especially, you know, Persona 5, like, they really ramped up the dungeons right here. They're they're pretty, you know, like, they have really cool aesthetics and themes to them that, you know, tie into the plot and everything. Um, and they're fun to explore, but, like, yeah, it's not like any given hallway is going to be memorable because if, if I remember correctly, they're... Procedurally generated, right? Um, when mm-hmm. you go in there, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah so of course that's always going to lead to like being a little generic in there, but uh, n- nothing I really minded overall. But um, I think the thing that really stands out, you know, I, I, the social links really are like for me, I guess, what really makes Persona great. Um, I, I, you know, I love the character interaction, but the music is just uh, honestly, it might be one of the best soundtracks of all time or, or, or in the conversation. It, I mean, it's so different than what you'd find in maybe like, you know, a, a Final Fantasy game per se. But uh, it's just so, again, it, it, it all sort of blends in with how stylized and how how much style and just it just oozes it, right? Like every corner, mm-hmm. everywhere you turn, there's just, it's something catching your eye, something catching your ear. Um, and, and, you know, I remember playing through it and I would just be, singing music or humming music in my head all day just like wanting to get back and play more um but yeah i mean it it just has so much going for it and i think this was really the the one that broke into the uh sort of the the limelight right where like three i think had a lot of fans obviously but four i think is what sort of really opened the door and then five sort of like oh persona's here on like the the big stage yeah the mainstream that's uh, that's basically where I ended up coming into the franchise is Persona 5, like picking it up. It was a few years after it, its initial release on PlayStation 4 because I, I was hearing about how great it was it's like on Twitter and stuff. So I'm like, oh, I got to play this game then. And then Persona 5 ended up being one of my like top 10 RPGs of all time. Uh, probably top five, really, uh, depending on uh, the day you asked me, I suppose. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I ended up uh, picking up a Vita not long after for um I don't I think it might have even have been for Persona 4 like I I there was definitely some games I wanted to play on the Vita and I think Persona 4 Golden like wanting to go back into the catalog 
was definitely motivation to pick one up. So I ended up getting one and I did purchase <laughs> Persona 4 Golden and I started it, but I just didn't, the, the experience, like it's to go from like a big, like on, you know, playing Persona 5 on a big screen with surround sound and with all the style and the colors and then going down to like the little itty bitty Vita, it just, I don't know, it, like I kind of got turned off at the time. So I think I ended up getting as far as Yuk- Yukiko's uh, dungeon and then just like, ah, there's other stuff to play. I'll get, I'll come back to this. So, uh, so that was like a couple years ago, I think I ended up doing that. And then since then though, the Steam version came out and so I picked that up and so I was able to kind of recreate that experience on the big screen, um, you know, 4k visuals with the, uh, with the surround sound and, and getting to play with like big, uh, more comfortable controller and all that stuff. Uh, and like, it just connected my PS4 controller to the PC and yeah, just blown away. Like, and, and not initially though, cause when I first started up the game, uh, I, I felt going from five to four felt a little dated, like early on, like mm-hmm. it just, like you said, with the dungeons, it being a little bit generic uh, I wasn't quite there yet because it was it, it just felt a little older like we're going back to the PS2 era with that even though it like it did look nice and it sounded nice it was just I was a little apprehensive early on but shortly after the Yukiko dungeon like after I got past that initial spot and then the development between the characters really started to kick in like they were having these fun conversations and uh, getting into you know trouble and stuff and and you you get all these interactions between them that like it just uh it was like a light bulb went off to, uh, of like man this is it this is the persona experience like this is they just they have this thing that makes it do well but the funny thing it was it was they were doing different things that were different than persona 5 but just nailing them like the soundtrack i you started to hear more songs the the deeper you get in and then you're like man this is another banger soundtrack mm-hmm. this is another one you know every time you get into a new dungeon or whatever and um and then the but the i think the thing that really sold the whole experience for me was just the character interaction like especially when you get them all and you see them all interacting and the, it, it's just this perfect mixture of of personalities and they all get like the exact amount of screen time they should get and I felt like compared to Persona 5, they gave you a lot more um, time or a lot, I don't know if, maybe it was just because I was used to playing Persona that I felt like I had, uh, it it didn't feel as rushed to build the relationships. Like it felt like I had enough time to like visit people and uh, I think I ended up about three quarters of the, of the characters I ended up getting like the max uh, bond, Mm -hmm. like the third level bond. So just so you, I really got to experience like almost the entire. The only person I didn't get full bond with was Kanji, and that was because I didn't realize that he was in the practice, the practice building. So I just <laughs> never bothered to actually. <laughs> I think like near the end, he's just MIA. I think I was like, yeah, I was like, I never see Kanji. I wonder what he's up to. It wasn't like till after I got all the other bonds, and I'm like, I need to. I guess I might as well finish with somebody. And I'm like, I don't remember actually seeing Kanji. And then I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, he's at the practice building. I'm never in there. So yeah, like so. At the end of the day, like when the game was over, I still had that same feeling of, am I gonna play? Am I gonna replay this again? Like, I might want to replay this again. This is so good. Mm-hmm. I had that same feeling. Like right when I finished it, I was, I like. For me, when I finish an RPG, especially a big beefy one, you know, that takes 40 plus hours, um, and this one I'm pretty sure was well over that, normally I'm like, 
almost relieved, right? Like, it's like, oh, like, I love that game so much, but I'm just glad it's over. Like, I can move on to something new. But yeah, I was like, am I about to fire this up? And I think I even played, like, maybe the first half hour or hour again, but then I didn't actually, you know, push on. But man, yeah, it, it was one of the only games... Uh, it, that and Final Fantasy VII Remake, because it wouldn't be an episode if I didn't mention that. Um, <laughs> very, very rarely do I have that feeling, and, and this one definitely invoked that uh, immediately after beating it. I mean, it's it's the mark of a good you know story, a good book, a good TV series, you know, video game, of course. Like whenever you feel like you're not ready to say goodbye to the characters at the end of it, right? Like you want there to be more, you want there to be DLC, you want there to be a new reason to go back, you know, more story, another, just another adventure with all these people. Um, and it's, it's, it's very, very bittersweet, right? Like it's fun to get to the end and see the ending and see the characters maybe get, have their happy ending or whatever, whatever happens to them at the end. But you, it doesn't mean you are done spending time with them. And you spend so many hours with this amazing cast of characters, which I think is the, the absolute highlight of the game, is, is the characters and the writing and the, the voice work. And obviously the soundtrack and all the, all the other things around it complement that. But it really is a story about this, this group of, you know, of teenagers, of youths, kind of becoming friends, you know, getting close to one another, living, living a year together. And you're, you kind of have that, that glimpse through the window into how they spend this year together, right? And um, yeah, completing all the social links is fantastic because you get to know the characters on a you know deeper level or have a romantic relationship with them or really just figure out what, what makes them tick. What What is happening in their life, the, the events that you're not a part of, right? Like Nanako, you know, just a, a, such a fantastic kind of side character that mm. doesn't join your party, but you just feel such a, a wonderful connection with her um, and be just becoming part of her family, right? Like you're... You're very much. It feels like you're filling a void in her life that she kind of didn't know existed, and I guess the same for for Dojima, right? Like you, you are mm. kind of completing that that family unit for them in a way. But yeah, well, healing I, the family too. Like yeah, you could yeah. tell that they were like this kind of broken, you know, Dojima and Nanako, like the father and daughter, when mm. ha- having lost the mother, you could see that they, they had kind of lost their way and yeah. the, the glue were kind of broken there. and. Like, like, yeah, they, and he like just they don't they don't talk, right? Like, Dojima is obviously one of those characters like throws himself into his work, uh, and you learn more about that when you go through his social link. But he throws himself into his work, and as a result, you know, Nanako is kind of left by herself, and so you end up kind of not only playing like the she calls you big bro, but you're not just a big brother to her. You're you're like a father, you're like a father or a parent as, uh, as well. Again, uh, just so she has more of that at home, and just. Yeah, but I, what I really love is the way that all the friends kind of embrace her as well, especially like Teddy and 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 the girls. Like they're they're so kind of loving and caring towards her, and it's just man, I I I can't not think of another game where like the characters in your party treat I guess kind of a pseudo family member with such tenderness. Like it, it really is kind of it, it's it's just a, it's an, such an emotional story, um, and. A lot of it is, you know, joy at all the celebrations that they have and dinners and things that they get together um, and, or, you know, going on the, the school trips and stuff. Like, there's a lot of humor and lightness to it. But, yeah, it, it's just a, an amazingly, amazingly emotional story, too. Mm. 
the, the whole way through. And it's, it's uh, you know, the, the main story of the game is a murder mystery. So you have that dark component. But then the all the stories revolving around the characters are are kind of the other side of that. They're not they're not dark in the same way, even if they they're they're more melancholy, or you know they're they're just about kind of discovery and people figuring out who they are uh, or who they want to be. You know, in the case of Rize, yeah, I, mm. you, know, you guys mentioned it, you know, the idea of you know just wanting to jump back in right after, and I've never I've never felt that feeling so powerfully with this game of just literally wanting to go back to the start screen and hit the new game plus button and just do it again because i was not ready to to end my time with this game (laughs) i forget i forget jordan what is your uh history with persona like what was the first Mm -hmm. one and and kind of thing yeah so i i knew about the ps2 version and we may have had it in our house at some point my brother might have even played it but i don't think i ever really played the ps2 version um, I I I think I actually de- I I purchased a digital copy of Persona 4 Golden before I even had a Vita. I think I went like on the <laughs> PlayStation Store and it was on sale for like ten bucks or something. I couldn't believe it, and I, I kept looking at it in a store. I remember I remember gifting a copy of the game to a friend before I even played it, just because I knew how good it was, and he already had a Vita. And for me, like I didn't have the Vita yet. I was I don't know why I was waiting waiting to pull the trigger for so long, but um, I ended up buying one secondhand. This is a couple years after the Vita had come out and Persona 4 Golden had come out. Um, and yeah, and I just I just played it through the whole time. I didn't put it down. There was no there was no stoppage. It was just as soon as I started playing that game, I I was in it. I was in it to the to the end. Um, and then after that, I went back and played Persona 3 Portable, also on Vita, uh, and then you know, obviously later Persona 5. I, I only played Golden once through when I first got it, and it, yeah, it just it just felt like a masterpiece. I I I had been listening to kind of funny when I guess Greg Miller and those guys split off from IGN, and Greg you know just gushed about Persona 4 Golden, and you could see like all the review scores for the game. It's still one of the highest Metacritic scores of all time. I think it's in like a 93 or something. Like it's clearly a beloved game that I and before I'd played it. I knew I wanted to, and I knew I was going to enjoy it. I don't know why I didn't make that happen sooner. You know, maybe money was tighter. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to splurge as much. But um, when things were better, and I, I had an opportunity to, to pick up a Vita on Craigslist, I did that. And Persona 4 Golden was the first game I played, and I didn't really need anything else on the Vita. And until that was done, it was it was just amazing. Yeah, we had pretty similar tracks there, <laughs> even to mm-hmm. the kind of funny uh, Greg Miller uh, pioneering it. Um, yeah, which is he was such a big champion for the game. You know, I'm sure tons of people played it just from him always talking about the game and his affection for GA and and other characters in the game. Like, yeah, but that's that's the thing, right? Like, you hear people kind of like constantly talking about video games, and this has happened to I'm sure listeners on the show or or anyone who's come across the Thirsty Mage. Like, David's affection for the Legend of Heroes games has obviously pushed people to try those ones out and, and get really into them. And the same thing happened with me listening to yeah to Greg and talk about Persona Four Golden and finally you know made made the made the leap and you know never looked back. It's it's still a top game of all time for me and flirts with being number one. So and for your like you had just recently done Persona Four Golden as one of your timeless in your timeless series. Mm-hmm. Did you play? Was that replayed? Uh, done on the Vita as well. It was, yeah. I did the whole thing on the Vita. Um, uh, you, you, you know, and I, I say this on the show often that I'm not a huge fan of playing games on on PC. Um, and it's funny because I used to play, I, I used to play a ton of games on PC. Like I've, I've probably spent you know thousands of hours playing League of Legends. You know, back back when you know my my friends and I were into that game more. You nerd. know, StarCraft Two. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm the nerd. <laughs> 
Starcraft, Starcraft Two, Command Diablo, Conquer, bro. Yeah, uh, Diablo, of course. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're we hope to do an episode. Well, you know, Casey, it'll probably be a good time to do an episode on Diablo Two when the when the remaster comes out. You know, that'll oh. or maybe do Diablo One before or just before we get that date or, or if you can comes out or something. I was gonna you know? say if you could pry me off the uh, off Diablo, <laughs> man, I, I, you might yeah, never hear yeah. from me again. Yeah, I, I, I get it, but you know, there's a lot of a lot of good Diablo coming up. So I, I I imagine I'll play some of those games on PC, but it's just I, I guess a longer RPG for whatever reason. I like just kicking back, you know, in my recliner, lying down. I like to just be in a little bit more comfortable position rather than maybe if I'm playing a PC game, I'm a little more focused. I'm kind of leaning into it a little bit more. It's it's, it's just a different kind of uh, vibe, I guess, when when playing that kind of game. So. Yeah, so it was Vita. For, it was Vita for me for for Persona 4 Golden, um, and but you know David hearing, and we're going to talk about this later. But hearing all the improvements made to the uh, the Steam version of the game, uh, it sounds like that that that's worth its own playthrough uh, on its own. I'd say. Yeah. Well, just before we get into yeah those differences, the, the do you have a smart TV? Uh, I do. Like, does it? Can do. you have? Can you get apps on it? Uh, so it, I've got a high sense. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a, it's like a budget 4k TV, right? Smart budget 4k smart TV. Um, I don't know how many like apps you can really download on it. Um, I think it's very limited. I, I, and I haven't really put anything on it. It's kind of just got what it's got. So I've got like YouTube and Netflix and Amazon prime and stuff, but I'm just asking because there's, cause I'm, I'm the same way. I'm not really like PC is not my preferred choice, mm-hmm. but I found a, the, the way that I found to make it feel like a console is that, uh, so I, I have a, a, a smart, an Android, t- like it has Android TV built into okay, it on, okay. on mine. So through Android TV, you can download Steam Link. And, right, okay, yep. And it'll connect, to, so it doesn't matter where the computer is, it'll connect to the computer and it'll play the game just like it's on a console. Like the, so the, the T, you just connect your uh, Bluetooth controller to the television so mm-hmm. uh, it could be anything like uh, i've used ps4 ps5 xbox like it connects everything to what type to of television. tv do you have you, you just got a new tv right you're talking about that one or yeah uh, it's one? a sony yeah yeah well on my so on my previous one i was i had an apple te- um one of the apple tvs connected right to it. right okay and you can get steam link through the apple tv as well so mm-hmm. like on my on my old tv i was i was doing the exact same thing I just connected my PS4 controller to the Apple television, mm-hmm. which then just streamed it through the TV. So again, it just it feels like playing on console. Like everything's in the controller. I'm sitting on the couch. You get the surround sound and everything. Mm-hmm. So if there's so that's how I would recommend if somebody is like I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat where it's like they don't want to sit at a computer and play the game, mm-hmm. but you know maybe they have a console that they they enjoy playing on their you know 4K TV or whatever. Uh, I would just yeah I would say find a way to um to get Steam Link so I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure if the, those like cheat I think you can get a Chromecast for like forty fifty bucks mm-hmm. I think you can get Steam Link through them okay yeah I do I do uh, have a, I do have a Chromecast I have to try yeah that. I was just looking that up too because I have uh, I got the Chromecast like with the Google TV so I don't mm-hmm. know if that the the Google TV part differentiates as far as uh, the Steam Link goes but it looks like. You should be able to do it with a Chromecast. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely am down for for trying that, but um, I guess I I, I have to praise the Vita because I, I I don't I mean I think Sony OLED, treated it very poorly, but like I think the console itself is pretty good. 
Um, I love the, the sleep mode, you know, just hitting the power button to go instantly into sleep mode. I think that's a very underrated feature for, mm-hmm. for that, for that platform that I, 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 when I first had a Vita, I didn't even know about that. Like that, that's a, that's the thing I figured out like, you know, maybe somewhat recently that you could actually do that. And it lasts forever it's, it's in sleep mode, doesn't it? Oh yeah. The battery <laughs> yeah. drain, the battery drain is like nothing in sleep mode. It's great. Especially it, it's, it's probably even better be like than a Switch month. maybe. Yeah. Especially compared yeah. to the 3DS yeah. where if you have it in sleep mode for like, 12 hours and that red light starts blinking toast it's like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i and yeah. i i can't believe how yeah i used to think that the 3ds sleep mode was good but then you compare it to anything else after that <laughs> this sucks. the vita or the switch or anything it's horrible it's really really yeah really weak so no i think the vita yeah. is actually a wonderful piece of hardware like i said i think sony's i mean their big mistake was the the proprietary memory stick that cost a trillion. I mean, and, that, and that's that's a that's a, a mistake that sinks your product. That, unfortunately, yeah. like it is, it it kills it because yeah, you look at the price of memory cards then, and then com- even now they're just outrageously expensive. And for for a, you know a digital platform or sorry, a portable platform, people want to go digital, but then when the penalty for going digital is so restrictive based on the memory cards, like. It just yeah. It, it was asinine because especially Definitely. like you said, as a, a developer and publisher and all these, like they want to sell digital too because it's just more money in their yes. pockets, you know. So yeah. why the heck would you make the barrier to entry so high in in terms of cost? Yeah, it was because I, I remember being like, well, do I want to invest in like the hundred and twenty eight gig or whatever it is? And it's like. But that almost costs as much as the console does, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah. it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but otherwise, like I said, I mean, it's a great piece of hardware, I think, especially with that OLED screen, looks amazing. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Just a shame, really. great as it does play on the Vita, uh, there is another reason that you might want to play it on the Steam Note, uh, and that's because the Steam version gives you a lot of quality of life improvements available that I, I didn't initially notice or know about them or notice them at the time, but there was, I, I got into um, a particularly hard boss and kind of got irritated, and I was in a bit of a time crunch at the time, so I'm like, okay, I just want to get past the boss, like, what, what kind of difficulty options do I have here? So I jump in, and the the amount like the the very detailed particulars that you can pick is astonishing and and um i was talking to when jordan and i started talking about all the like changes i was making i was like i believe you were like oh i don't i don't have that on mine or i think it opens mm-hmm. up in new game plus or something like that um yeah, the, you, you, you mentioned like, like oh, you're going to talk about it, but yeah, some of the buffs that you were just like unlocking or you were just doing <laughs> doing at will, they they are specifically available on the Vita version in um, in New Game Plus. I I know was the same list that you gave. You were talking about the things you could do, and I'm like, oh, I just got those at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so the so the different ones is like the first of all, there's like this the difficulty. So the the which I guess directly just impacts like the HP of the of the enemies. So like obviously you can drop their HP or increase their HP to make it easier or more difficult. 
But if you don't want to kind of tamper with that, like if you want to keep that in the default, there's other ways you can kind of help improve your experience. Like one is, is that you can increase the amount of uh, gill that's dropped, like specifically whether you want more or less. Um, you can uh, directly decide how much experience points that you get. So if you want, if you want to level up faster, then you can increase the amount of experience points that gets dropped, or you could drop that down. Um, yeah, like there's, um, I know like when you get defeated in a bot, like if you're in a boss fight and you get defeated, you have to restart at the beginning of the floor. You can actually change that to just restart the battle. Like you don't have to do the floor. Like it, it'll just switch it to restart the battle all over again. And you can just do, do the fight over again. Like you don't have to go through the whole floor again. So there's just like so many nice little things that it's like, you know, if you want the default experience, you could just leave it the way it is. But if you're struggling in a specific spot or if you're, you know, for like in my, in my playthrough, uh, you know, I, I wanted to get through the game. I really wasn't that focused on the, uh, you were enjoying the story puzzle or more. the, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I, I wasn't really worried about like, Oh, am, am I going to, you know, grind enough to, to defeat this boss? Like the, the, the difficulty of the bosses weren't what was drawing me to the game. It was the it was the story and the character interaction. So it's like, you know, I, I'll just knock up the experience points, and, and that's I think what I, I think the one boss where I had the trouble with, like I dropped the the difficulty there just to get past the boss. But then when I realized I could just pinpoint where I wanted, I ended up just putting everything back to normal and increasing the experience points, and then I really had no trouble the rest of the game. Like it mm-hmm. it brought me up high enough level all the time that it was like, you know what, I'm not. I'm I'm getting a a difficult enough battle that it's not like falling asleep during battles like mm-hmm. hitting a button like I still had to think about it but it wasn't enough where it's like oh I just got my my butt handed to me by the boss now I got to go grind like I never had to grind to to go through and grind the, the the entire game from that point on I mean it's nice when you can kind of customize the experience I think that that's always a great feature you know uh it, yeah it's a shame that it's, it's somewhat locked behind uh the new game plus and the vita version but in the steam version if they improve on that that's fantastic like being able to just you know especially when a lot of people just want to play this game for the story and for the characters if you're not super interested in the combat and the dungeon crawling if that's not really you know why you're playing this game then you it's cool that you can kind of make that very much a secondary part Part of your part of your experience by by tweaking these options you, you gotta love stuff like that yeah I, I love that just it seems more and more games are pushing that way too right like just give people the options to get through the game um especially i think i mentioned it before right if, especially a single player game who cares you know like if if david wants to play it on the the super hard difficulty and it feels amazing for him to overcome that and and i want to just blow through it like you said just to see the story i don't think you know there there should only be one set way to do it you know i think at the end of the day given given the players more choices i think is always going to be a good thing um for sure and like i said unless if you're talking about some sort of hyper you know competitive game you know, of course, then, you know, everyone should be on similar footings. But, and, and especially, you know, we're playing JRPGs here, you know, so it, it, we don't have mm-hmm. to get too crazy with uh, the gatekeeping, if you will. 
maybe mm-hmm. maybe while we're at it like talking about you know uh comparing different versions of persona 4 gold like it might be worth just comparing the game a little bit to persona 5 because i'm sure a lot of people like you guys have played persona 5 casey you played persona 5 right uh, like yeah right. i've played like i forget exactly where i did but i, I mean i put yeah. like 20 plus hours into it okay yeah but 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 enough to like know how it works obviously and know you know how stylish and all that stuff like i, I think that i think the comparison between the two games is a valid one because i think the the gameplay of persona 5 is better like they they have refined it so that all features of the game where you're you're just doing things in in japan in in the school like in the dungeons all of that is better more refined more interesting but i mm-hmm. I, I think for me i still think like the the small town story and feel of persona for gold like that intimacy between the characters and the setting and all those things that you have like i i still think i still think that puts it a cut above for me um, and it, I guess it is almost a, just a tale of two two game elements. You know, what, what do you want to play these games for? Like, if you want, like, the whole package and the, the more RPG, you know, uh, nature of it and the progression stuff, like, yeah, Persona 5 is pretty much unmatched um, for these types of games. But, you know, and, and presentation too. But I think, yeah, just the, the people that you meet and their individual stories and even, yeah, I'm, I might even give them, the music is so close. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about music in a minute. But, like, yeah, I just think the the story elements, the story beats, the narratives, uh, everything that you can kind of find and discover. Like I think that I think it's a little bit better in Persona Four Golden. Yeah, I, I think it. I mean, I don't know if other people have thought this too. I'm sure they have, but I I feel like with Persona the series, it's so much um, a matter of which you played first, especially within you know the the realm of talking about sort of the the trio uh, of sort of in similar vein, right? Three, four, and five. Because the characters, right, like, they all, like, in each game, there's sort of, oh, there's your doofy friend, you know, and and then, like, there's the the character archetypes, I think, Mm -hmm. are pretty, you know, I could say, oh, these two, oh, that's this game's, you know, Yosuke, this is, you know, that's this game's this or that. Yes, yes. Right, which I think, to me, having played four first, right, the characters are so strongly ingrained, right? Like, I, I mm-hmm. like they're very, like, I remember the conversations. I remember, you know, like, learning about their problems and, and you know, overcoming the, you know, obviously with mm-hmm. Persona 4, it's like overcoming, you know, sort of self things, like, manifesting within, you know, the characters and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when you play, you know, I played uh, Persona 3 and then I played Persona 5, but it's just like, oh, yeah, like, I remember those characters and like, I enjoyed those games and, you know, I haven't beaten five so damn long. Um, but I, I just think whichever you played first is going to probably be your favorite, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, yeah, that could be, I think persona five, I think the game plays better. You know, I think the dungeon crawling is more interesting. I, is really great. Obviously the production levels through the roof and, you know, I, I think the characters are great too, but you know, to me, I couldn't help but compare them to the characters in four, where I'm sure mm-hmm. David, having played five first, was probably doing the similar thing, but he was, oh, that's, you know, comparing it to five. Um, so I, I feel like whichever you play first is going to sort of have the, the stronger ties um, in comparison. Yeah, I would agree, actually, with with what you both said, really. Like, I, I kind of agree with what Casey's saying in the sense that I think my affinity might still be a little bit closer to five. Well, I think largely because that's the one I played first. But also, like you said, the production value was higher. The The game was longer, too. So I think Persona 5 is almost twice as long as Persona 4. So you, you're, you're certainly in there longer. Um, like you said, the dungeons are, are a little more, are a lot more interesting, really. Like the dungeons are 
part of the art the artistic style is seeing these big, huge, wonderful dungeons. Um, but I also agree with Jordan in the sense that Persona Four definitely is more intimate. Like the mm-hmm. the country setting, the uh, ha- having it. You know, when you're in Persona Five, it kind of feels manic. Like it, it feels very fast, very like everything's happening a million miles an hour. Whereas in Persona Four. They actually like make references in the game because like the main hero comes from the city and Yosuke comes from the city. Even Adachi like came from the city too. So there's they make reference of like, oh, you know these the the way this the, that life is in the city isn't the same out here. Like they even kind of joke about like that is boring. Like some people find it boring, whereas the people who came from the city are finding the quieter life. Like there's that initial. You know, it's not quite what the city is, but then they start to realize that the intimacy of the of the friends and the family is actually better than that that kind of bombastic city life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it very much is kind of like uh, you know like much different. Like when you compare the two because of the the different styles, it's almost like comparing um, Trails of Cold Steel to like Trails in the Sky. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Trails of Cold Steel is this very busy like there's always all these things happening and they're like they're going at a mile a minute but trails in the sky is just like two kids roaming the countryside <laughs> like it's yeah. such a different feel mm. but it, but they're they're so wonderful but just different yeah i think it's a good comparison i think i think i guess for me like what really separates the two games like i, I can't remember a lot of and i, I maxed you know a bunch of the character or like a party member social links in persona 5 but i just don't remember a lot of those stories how they panned out but i think they the ones in four like it's very hard to forget like how if you get to 10 with like with like chie or yukiko like erize and like you kind of learn like wh- what their what their plans for the future are like or you know what they've learned about themselves like it's, it's very very hard to forget that stuff but i, I think persona 5 doesn't have it doesn't have a nanako um, there's no one really in that no. game who is that kind of surrogate little sister. Uh, Futaba, I suppose, a little bit, but she's Futaba's too. She's um, older. You know, so. full of, she's she's older. She's kind of full of herself. Like she knows she's really good at something. Like Nanako is like totally innocent. You know, very very. Um, you know, and she's a rock for her, too. For, yeah, sure for her age, but oh yeah. yeah. Totally. Well, Futaba's Futaba is is Brise. Like that. That's yes, like, th- yeah. Those are the two. You know that's right. Yeah. So you so you've got you get a lot of the analog characters, but Nanako doesn't really have one, and I would say Teddy doesn't really have one either. Like Morgana is not Teddy. Like Morgana is, um, you know, she's not Teddy. Is he's he's kind of dopey. He's kind of like goofy and like he's he's cute but he's also like trying to hit on all the girls and stuff like he's just i think he's just a lot funnier a lot more kind of vibrant as a character whereas morgana is a little bit more dour always kind of like bugging you like to go to bed and stuff, <laughs> like kind of nagging you a little she's kind of like like a big she's like oh it's a little bit like a big sister or a mom character mom figure to uh, the persona 5 protagonist uh is it, is it ren yeah is, yeah um, but so, yeah, I, I think missing out on like the Teddy and Nanako, like you obviously you have the Dojima surrogate, uh, surrogate with um, uh, Boss. I can't remember what his what his name is in the in the in Shoot, five. But... Some with the S, I know that. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, is and, and he, I, he I really like him and you know the fact that he's the owner of the shop and still kind of taking care of you and and making sure you're responsible and stuff like he's great. But yeah, I think the missing out on on a Teddy and Nanako type characters in Persona Five is what what really separates the cast of those two games. Yeah, I, I agree with Nanako. Um, she's just such a wonderful character. Like you said, it, it, at the end of the day, like you always come back to her and, and sort of like it, it brings it home. But she's such a strong character too because there's. 
you know, times throughout, like, obviously, you know, she's lost her mother, and, like, her, her father is, you know, like you said, sort of thrown into his work, isn't always there, but then she doesn't see it as, like, a, you know, like, oh, God, you know, dad, this, that, and that. She's more like, well, I need to be there for dad as well, you know, so he's not lonely, yeah. you know, and yeah. and being such a young child, like, it's, like, like you said, she's just sort of, uh, you know, wise beyond her years, um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that, you know, really... Like you said, it sort of like pulls the different characters together, and and like you said, there's so many times, um, you know, where there's just the interactions with the other with the other um, you know party members and Nanako, and mm-hmm. it's just very loving. And like you said, how it all sort of it all comes together, and and I think just that like you were saying too, with the intimacy of the sort of Inaba being a small spot and like being a murder mystery, right? It yeah. felt like consequential because it's like i could be next there's not a lot of people in this town you know like there's only such a big laura you know there's only so many people to choose from essentially Mm -hmm. that could be targeted next where you know if this were to take place in a bigger city you know maybe it's just sort of like oh maybe it is sort of revolving around us but it there's just a Mm -hmm. lot going on versus and the pe- the people that are killed are the people you meet. Like you, you might know them, right? Or you might have come in contact with them. Or there's some that they're, they're cl- yeah, you're right. They're closer to you because of that smaller setting. Whereas like in Tokyo, where you go into all these bustling, you know, metrop- uh, metropolis kind of areas, like it's it's a very very different thing. And um, obviously both games have their appeal, and and different different people, different persona fans will gravitate towards one or the other. But um, yeah, for me, it's it's the just that that um, gosh, there's something about. Um, the parts of Japan, like the rural parts of Japan that you when you when you actually go there and you see and it's just like Persona 4 Golden and it's kind of like, wow, like this is uh, feels like a very good analog for someone who's only visited me. I've only visited Japan once, you know, and it was uh, uh, via a cruise ship. So we only spent a little bit of time in each city. But like you see areas that look like Persona 4 Golden, and you're like. Oh man, like it just, it, it kind of reminds you of, you know, wanting to go back there or you, you see how close, I mean, really both of these Persona games that we're talking about do such a good job of, you know, realizing Japan, at least, you know, on, on a, on a video game screen. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a big part of the draw for me, uh, for Persona 4 Golden is that it, it makes me, you know, really, um, uh, feel nostalgia for, you know, th- that trip to Japan and just, and even just nostalgia for places I've never been to that I imagine look like this. Mm-hmm. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up, and order again. Yeah, so there's, uh, just so everyone knows that the we will be doing a spoiler cast, to, so basically we're getting into the nitty gritty of Persona 4 Golden, we're going to be going over a lot of the details, a lot of our favorite characters, our favorite songs now, <laughs> we're going to do that over there, um, favorite moments, uh, all that sort of thing, uh, so that's over on Abed time. So there's two ways to access that, one is to sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com slash thethirstymage. Uh, the other is going to be through Apple Podcast subscriptions. So this just started on June 15th. So uh, if you're hearing this episode, <laughs> the the spoiler cast should be available on the Abed time. So if you look up the Thirsty Mage uh, on your Apple Podcast player, then uh, you should be able to find the subscription. So for two bucks a month, you'll get access to the uh, Thirsty Mage episodes a week early, plus the exclusive episodes over at Abed time. So uh, if you're on a Google or anything uh, outside of the Apple Podcast app, you'll have to 
head on over to Patreon, but there's a couple different ways to get access to that. But it wouldn't be a Thirsty Mage episode if we didn't do a last call. So we're going to finish up tonight with uh, a look at uh, a recent news item, actually. So uh, we're talking about uh, Persona, and with it being such a large franchise with a rabid fan base, it only makes sense that there's going to be a a few companies out there that want to kind of take advantage of that uh, fandom or or that uh, hunger that people have while we're waiting for Persona 6. So we got uh, word out, I, I believe the company, I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, Furuyu? I think like it's Furuyu, Furuyu. Fur yeah. yeah, so not not a whole lot of games that they've released in the West. The, the only two that I really come to mind are um, it's Legend of Legacy, I believe it's called, and uh, Alliance Alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've announced that they have a new school RPG that uses old SMT developers. Now they they were kind of coy on who these new SMT developers, <laughs> old SMT developers were. They were not exactly sure um, how high up the food chain they were back in the day. But they have worked on SMT before, and the new game is called Monarch. So this is a game that's going to be coming out in Japan in the um, in October of this year. And NIS America has confirmed that they will be doing the localization, and there'll be an English version coming out in 2022. So I wanted to ask you gentlemen um, who are big Persona fans like I, we've all watched the trailer, and what do you think? I gotta say, not a great trailer. Um, I, I don't <laughs> know, like, I, I get the idea they're, like, sort of conveying, like, hey, there's a, a lot of characters you're gonna get to meet and interact with, you know, but, like, you're if you're trying to sum up the game, like, they're, like, all the flash screen, like, oh, here's this character and this this long name that I'm not gonna remember, at all, you know, and there's like so many of them, and I was just like, all right, like I, I want to see some gameplay more than anything here, um, instead of being introduced to every single character in the game, um, and then they they show off some at the end of like it is sort of I I haven't done like a you know a deep dive where I you know stop and rewatch just sort of little clips to see what's going on exactly, but uh, it, it looks like it has promise. Um, I mean, I'm not going to rule it out by any means. It'll be something I keep an eye on, and you know, if if impressions seem to be going well, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. The trailer was like two and a half minutes or something along that line, two and a half, three minutes, um, and I felt like far too long was just like splashing character names uh, on the screen and not really doing much <laughs> for me, you know. Yeah, uh, I I like that it seems pretty dark. You know, it, it definitely felt like a kind of a combination of uh, Persona and SMT. So it's got the kind of school setting. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of Three Houses as well. It's kind of the way that the school is seems to be set up. So um, I like that it it's um, you know not not just another Persona or just another SMT, but it's kind of somewhere in the middle. Maybe um, they just seem to be doing their own thing here. Um, I, we haven't seen a ton of it. The characters seem kind of interesting. Um, I don't get how the the demon uh, summoning works. Like it seems like it's not uh you, you either some kind of customization you can do to that where you you're not like recruiting um a set type of demon but instead you are kind of building your own demons in a way and then summoning them uh, uh and they seem a little bit more expendable on the battlefield so um there was something what do they call it like free free form or open movement combat or open time and combat or something like that they had that's some buzz phrase for the the combat i'm going to try to find out what it was but um uh, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to check it out. I'm glad that the localization is happening fairly soon. It's, it's, uh, it's too bad that it's not, um, 
uh, you know, a, a worldwide release. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we're yeah. we're, st- we're not there with like 100 percent of that those things happening. So the fact they got a localization announcement so close to the the trailer drop was pretty cool. So yeah, I'm 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 in definitely interested in this game. Um, I think th- I'm going to be very careful about when old developers of a series I like are attached to something because the same thing happened with um, World's End Club, you know, which we're not we're not doing an episode on or anything, but I reviewed that for NWR uh, and David played uh, enough of it until his stomach turned. Uh, but World's, yeah. World's End Club is, you know, the product of uh, old developers who worked on the Zero Escape series and the Danganronpa series, uh, which I both love and I, and I love both of those. But the the product that of World End Club is nothing like those two those two series at all, and so you have to be very careful when just because people have this pedigree or they worked on older games, that's an advertisement for the new game, but it's not necessarily what representative of what the new game is it's going marketing, to be. Yep. It is it is marketing. It's buzz. It's playing up something that might not actually factor in too much to what what the end product of of a game like Monarch ends up being. So um, you're going to be cautiously optimistic for a little while till we see more. But uh, I you know I'm, I'm never going to complain about more RPGs uh, and more SMT themed uh, games coming to uh, to Switch. So yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic myself. I had the same apprehension about when you start tossing around like oh we got these old developers and it's like is that your selling point? Like, are you playing this game and going, oh, crap, we can't sell it on the gameplay. We better sell it on who made it. Like, yeah, I'm always worried about that. Um, The other thing that makes me a little nervous is that uh, this isn't the first time um, Furyu has actually played around with a Persona clone. Mm -hmm. Like, there was uh, the Caligula effect came out. Not good. It it wasn't, it wasn't developed by Furyu. It was mm-hmm. published by them. It was developed by Akuria. I'm not sure who those guys are, but um, yeah, the uh, Furyu published it in in Japan. And then, funny enough, Atlas is the one that uh, published mm-hmm. the Caligula Effect uh, worldwide. But yeah. th- I just no, I didn't. I did not click with me at all. Like I, I know that there's been some people that enjoyed it, but it just it it was like even lower than a poor man's persona. It just mm-hmm. it didn't. It was, I don't know, it, just, it it didn't have the same style, the same flash. The story was nowhere near as engaging. Like, I, I got pretty tired of that one very early on and kind of, uh, I don't know, I forced myself to get through it, but I just, mm-hmm. every like, every moment I put in, I'm like, why am I playing this? <laughs> it just yeah, it did it, not it, click with me it at was, all. It was not fun. Um, so a couple things about Monarch that I'm reading here. Uh the True Student Council is a group established to resolve abnormal situations at school. Uh, this is from PersonaCentral.com. Uh, the protagonist becomes its vice president and chooses a partner among four characters to fight against the unreasonable. So uh, it looks like the, ca- the different characters you can choose to kind of be your partner have their own kind of storylines. And so that, I guess that reminds me a little bit of the three houses thing, right? That depending on which character you choose as your buddy, there's going to be different stories or different endings that you encounter. So that's kind of neat. Um, the combat uh, that uh, that I mentioned earlier, a free movement turn-based battle system. So I, I don't know exactly what that means, but it, it sounds like it's going to have an action component where you can probably move about the battlefield uh and then maybe have to wait for like a turn meter uh, above your character to go off or something like that so we i mean we've seen games like that before that's not you know something totally new but it is i guess new to um you know an smt or persona type game so uh yeah that'll be i'm i again look i'm looking forward to this i I think that uh you know we'll see if the the developers pedigree ends up paying off but uh you know nis you know has always been kind of you know putting out some pretty good games for in the RPG category. So always got to give them a look. 
Well, the one thing I'm gotta say is the localization of this game better not be delaying the localization of any trailer game, <laughs> or I'll be pissed. Oh, I'm sure. I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Like <laughs> if Hajimari is delayed a day because of this localization, yeah. I'm gonna go bananas. Has Hajimari been announced for localization yet? <laughs> no, we're all just assuming that they're doing it. That's yeah. why I'm even more upset. Don't yeah, announce this crap. But that's not NIS. That's not NIS's fault, right? That that's uh, uh what was there? Well, NIS is game. they they pay. Well, your uh, Falcom, you talking Falcom. about? Falcom, yeah, it's Falcom's choice, but they want to localize. It's not NIS's choice. Well, Falcom has to say, like, yeah, okay, we want to localize this game, right? But maybe they did, and NIS America is just taking a very long time, and they're wasting the time on this. You know what you do NIS when you publishes assume... everything, though. <laughs> NIS publishes everything. Like they're 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 not they're not turning down games to publish. I think like they they want to ship games to people. I, I think NIS is pretty open to you know releasing releasing different games in different uh, different places. So um, I, I think I think that I, I'm always going to blame I, at least until I know more. I think that's that's Falcom making that choice. So. Mm. At any rate, yeah, not not to leave you on a very grumpy note, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how we'll see how Monarch looks. It twenty twenty two. Did we get like a long, a window for that? Is it early twenty twenty two? I know it's October. Yeah, they in Japan. they just said early early twenty twenty two. Yeah, so October. They actually did give a date for the Japanese. It's yeah. like October fourteenth or nineteenth or something. But yeah, uh, I thought that made um, sense. Yeah, like October early. with like a more spooky because it seems like a darker game. So October made sense. Yeah. That's why I was kind of hoping it would be coming here in October as well, but. 2022 yeah. like it, when you say that i'm like man that's so far away and i'm like oh, mm-hmm. I, I guess it's really not that far away we're half, halfway we're halfway <laughs> through 2021 i know, know it's yeah. ridiculous um, i think they're i think they're just subbing it i don't know if they're dubbing it i think so it probably won't be too late into 2022 no they 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 said there is audio there is going to be voice acting oh english audio as well oh okay okay yeah okay yeah Um, that was in the press release oh good okay well that's that's nice to hear i i I didn't remember reading about that but i think you're right so yeah that's good okay well it could be a little bit longer than if uh if if uh they're they're doing sub and dub yeah well this seems like a good spot to finish up and then we'll have to move on to the spoiler cast. Yeah, yeah, mm. sounds good. So uh, hopefully everyone will uh, consider, you know, becoming a patron or, or subbing on Apple Podcasts. You want to hear the uh, spoiler cast for Persona 4 Golden. Uh, I don't even know how that's going to go. I have to dig out the notes again, but <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. We'll definitely talk about our favorite soundtrack and some, uh, some uh, you know, ending things and you know uh murder mystery solutions and stuff like that so uh yeah that'll be fun uh but yeah uh for everyone else uh you know thanks again for listening uh this is our uh, persona 4 golden episode you know we've been wanting to talk about this game for a long time uh, unfortunately Paige couldn't be here with us today but uh i know she uh, she was uh, getting into persona 4 golden as well um we've got uh i'm trying to think about uh, upcoming episodes david what uh, what do we got in the works I know we got Mass Effect 2 coming around. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. We've got a Zelda yes, 2 Adventure of Link's that's crossover. Right. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. It's yeah. good. That's coming up. Yeah, that's weeks, two weeks. Um, I got yeah, to yeah, the... start that. It's a hard game. It <laughs> might take a little while to get through it. So <laughs> uh, Next week's, uh, it could be one of two things. There, there could be a special episode on a special game, or it might be an E3 prediction episode. Where okay. We're waiting on uh, one one reactions. I believe he means um, <laughs> reactions. Yeah, that's what I mean. Reactions. Yeah, sorry. No, <laughs> Somehow yes. we got all our predictions yeah, that, right. I don't know how, yeah, but we yeah, were really right. good. This Dave is one hundred percent on his predictions. This guy is good. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Pun, no punishment for him, I guess. But yep. 
And then, yeah, we got, I know, later down the road, we got SMT3 talk coming up and Mass Effect 3. So mm-hmm. we th- th- we got a lot of episodes booked, which is uh, pretty rare. We were usually just kind of flying by the seat of our pants for a while there, but we're, uh, we're all organized and, and set up for most of the summer, I think. We're going to keep stringing people along with uh, a promise of a Tales of Asperia episode. And we're going to have <laughs> we're going to have to do it before Tales of Arise comes out or else we're going to be uh, neat, you know, yep. up to our up to our ears in, in Tales games. But uh, uh, a couple, I guess, a couple of plugs like so you mentioned E3 uh, predictions, expectations. So I was on the Talk Nintendo podcast this week and we did a an E3 predictions episode. Uh, so you can check that out. That'll be uh, for, for all listeners. That'll be available. Uh, it's already available now on the Talk Nintendo podcast podcast feed um but uh if you're if you're just listening to this um uh on the thirsty mage you'll still be able to catch that uh, it's just it's just nintendo prediction so if you uh want to check that out and see how we do uh before tuesday's uh direct and treehouse and everything like that uh, you can check that out there too and also if if jordan loses and i happen to win my big choice for your punishment is oh, going to be final Don't fantasy 14 or world of warcraft uh, hmm uh, <laughs> you better hope i don't win <laughs> The real, the real Sophie's choice. Oh my gosh! The good thing is, <laughs> I swung for nothing but the fences, so I probably won't win. I, I, I think I know who's going to win, and I'll, I, I might tell you after the recording, Casey. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be me. I don't think it's going to be you. I think we really, uh, we went to bat this year. Uh, you know, hey, you know, stranger things could happen, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it, but it's fun to swing for the fences, yeah. So check that out on the Talking Nintendo podcast feed. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, reviews, I, I, I plugged my Astalon review in the Discord. Astalons are really good. Uh, Metroidvania, uh, you switch between three characters, kind of like the Lost Vikings a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it's a huge map. Took me, uh, took me a long time to get through, but a ton of fun. Astalon, uh, it's on, I think it's, I think it's available everywhere now, but I, I played it on Switch. It's a really good fit for Switch too. Cool. I think that's all. Yeah, sorry. I I, I thought, uh, Casey, did you, did you want to plug anything? Or I, I already yeah, kind of plugged you, you the Talk Nintendo of, podcast for you. Yeah, so. you sort of took care of it for me. Yeah, Talk Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can listen good. to that. We uh, yeah, 250 is coming up, episode 250, and that's going to be when uh, we, we do our crossover for Zelda 2. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And it, again, hard to believe that's only just two weeks away. Um, but yeah, but yeah E3's kicking off. Uh, we're recording this on a, a Thursday, and we're already getting Elden Ring news. We're getting all sorts of, you know, uh, Tales news and stuff. So I, I'm excited to, to continue to see the good stuff come. And like I said, I'm sure we'll be reacting to it here and, and all over. So uh should be a good week. I think gamers, this has probably got to be the best time of the year, right? Aside from November when all the games that we see in the next week come out. Yeah, this is like the part where we start making our Christmas list when we see all the games come out. This is the NFL draft. You you get some of them by November. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. It's Christmas for somebody. Yeah, everyone's happy. Especially, especially if you're Jeff Keeley and you got to show off Elden Ring. Uh, I, I don't think I'd ever seen him happier oh, than I, when he showed off Elden Ring. Honestly, today, that so. was like the cutest thing I've ever seen. Like it was, I, yeah. He was super he, excited. He's yeah. such a, you know, I I don't follow him too much, but he seems like such a good dude. Um, and sort yeah. of again, like championing gaming and stuff. So I'm mm-hmm, I'm glad mm-hmm, they got mm-hmm. the reveal for him. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, that'll wrap us up for uh, for this one. So thanks everybody for joining. Um, uh, I mean, you, you know where to find all of us. But uh, uh, yeah, you know if you, if you want to listen to the spoiler cast, you gotta you know, gotta hit up that Patreon. You know, contribute at the two dollar level the uh, or 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 <laughs> sub on Apple Podcasts. We'd we'd love to have you listen to those too. So uh, so thanks again, everybody, and have a good night. Bye. Go Islanders. <laughs> <laughs>